Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Today I'm ministering on I'm a child of God through faith in Christ. Through faith in Christ. Remember, it's through faith. Our confession is always through faith. It's always from a place of faith. And now, we can confess from a place of not faith, of course. And typically, that would be the opposite, which is fear, which is doubt, which is unbelief. And many people talk that way or confess that way. They multiply, or sorry, let's say it this way. They magnify the problem, and they begin to talk about the issues more than what God's word says on the issue. And that's because of what they have believed or what they are experiencing with their natural senses. But you got to remember that we do not trust in God with our natural senses, but it is with a heart. It is with faith. It is with our inner man. It's what we know to be true within our heart. Just like how you received salvation in Romans chapter 10, or sorry, Romans, yeah, Romans chapter 10, that you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was Lord or is Lord. And if you continue on, let's go to Romans chapter 10, and I'm going to read that in verse 8. Because we're talking about confession. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Notice it's in your heart and in your mouth. The Bible says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. How do you know where somebody is? By what they're saying. That's how you know. How do you know where you are? How do you gauge where your heart is? By how you talk about the things that you're going through. And it says, it is or the word of faith that we proclaim, or it is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, well, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now continue on. For with the heart one believes, one believes, and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses, and is saved. Now take this principle, for with the heart one believes, and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses, and is healed, and has joy, and is fulfilled. It's not just to salvation, because remember the Bible talks about how you believe, that's what you speak. It's everything. You may be sick in your body today. How are you speaking? You may have a loved one that's not serving God today. How are you speaking over them? And I know it's difficult. I know it's challenging, because in the natural realm, you face it every day. You see it every day. And you might not see changes. You might see the repetitiveness and the habitual thing. His or your own or what other people tell you. See, we can't allow ourselves to be influenced by even other people's words. There's some good, well-intended people out there that want to speak into your life. And because you give them the ability to, that's, what, that's really what it is. You give them the ability to. When they begin to speak and it becomes negative, and just talks about all the problems and begins to lift those things up and magnify those things. Can I just help you today? Stop it. Don't allow it. Don't just go blabbing your problems to everybody. Because not everybody is able to hold what you're going through. They can't carry the weight of it. 
And how do you know they don't? Or how do you know they can't? Because the way they respond back to you. You know, when it comes to things that you're going through, the best person to go to is the Lord. Is your spouse. And if you're not married, find someone in the church that's a Christian that is seeking God, that you know they can pray with you and speak life, encourage you in the word of God and in the Lord. Not someone that's just going to magnify the issue and just see it your way. Like, oh, yeah, you're right, man. It's really bad. Oh, I know some other people going through the same thing you're going through. I've even gone through these things myself. What are you going to do? Doubt, unbelief, anxiety, fear are being produced. So you got to learn how to not just go to every person with your issue. No, you got to take it to the Father because out of the presence of God, your confession will change. You will change the way you talk. And I've had some people even say this, well, I'm just being real. I'm just stating the facts. Wouldn't God want me to be like that? What is real would be my question. What is real? What is reality? Now, you may see reality as a natural thing. I don't. I see reality as what his word says. It's a faith reality. (laughs) It's a faith reality. Whose word are you going to believe? Whose word are you going to stand on? See, confession comes from what you believe, what you have faith for, what you have faith in. Now, the Bible says this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, because we talked about having a new nature, having life in Christ. So we are Christians. We are saved, right? We have a new nature. We have life in Christ. Now, not only this, but when you got born again, you now became a child of God. And verse 26 says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How do you know your child? Through faith. In Christ Jesus. The finished work of Christ was not only for salvation, was not only for healing in your body, but it was also for your position in him. It was also for your rights that you have in him. Come on, because a child has rights to the father and to what the father has. In verse 27, it says, And all you have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. Now, some people get confused. This is not talking about water baptism because you can be baptized a thousand times in water but still not have a saved spirit. This is talking about complete immersion through the baptism of salvation. You have been baptized in Christ. You are saved. Your nature has changed. Your spirit has changed. You're no longer dead, but you are alive. The Bible says that he has quickened even your mortal body. Like putting on new clothes. Have put on Christ. Like putting on new clothes. So we put on Christ. Come on, say, I got to put them on. In the morning, I got to put them on. You got to. You can't go by feeling because you're going to wake up some mornings not feeling anything. But you got to put on Christ. Put him on. You don't have to get born again, again. No, that's not the issue. Some people get in the altar and give their life over and over because they don't believe that they're actually saved. And that's sad. And the truth is, you are saved once you confess and believe in your heart that, you're, that Jesus is Lord. You're saved. Once and done, you're saved. 
Just because you're going through something, that doesn't mean you're not saved. Just put on Christ. Put on what's been done in your nature. Stop seeing yourself what you see in the mirror. Stop seeing yourself how you see your flesh, the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. No, see yourself according to what God sees you as. And it says, it's like putting on new clothes. So I wake up every morning and I put new clothes on, right, in the natural. Do you wear the same clothes you did the day before? If you do, you're a 13-year-old teenager boy. (laughs) I'm just playing. Just, Just a joke. I say that because I've been a youth minister for a while, and a 13-year-old boy is learning different odors, and deodorant was the first thing that they were given when they came to the youth ministry. <laughs> I'm just playing. But we put on, we put on Christ. We put new things on. We put him on every day, new, every day. His mercies are new every morning. I come boldly to the throne room of grace every morning. I have to stir up the gift inside of me. This is what Paul told Timothy. I have to stir myself up. What does that look like? Someone might ask. With tongues a little bit, on as you're taking a shower, getting ready, doing all those things that you do. You're getting the food ready for the kids, making breakfast for your family. Whatever it is. But the morning is centered around Christ. Because you're going to go in the world, working your job, going to school, doing whatever you do every single day. And you need to put on Christ before you do. Bible says this in verse 29. And now, actually I'll read verse 28. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, who do you belong to? Well, how do we know you belong to Christ? Well, if you look again in 26, you're his child. My son, Braden, belongs to me. He's mine. It ain't nobody else's. He's mine. He's part of my bloodline. Well, guess what? You are out. Come on, how many of you are thankful that you are his child, that you belong to Christ? You may say, I don't belong to anybody. I don't have family. I come from a broken family. I come from a broken home. Nobody accepts me for who I am. I've gone through life feeling ostracized and everybody against me because of what I face. Even my own parents didn't love me. Can I tell you today and encourage you today, God loves you. And you have a place with the Father. You belong to him. You belong to him. And that will be the greatest love you'll ever experience known to man. Turn to him. Don't allow the past experience, experiences to determine how you live today. You are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's, get this, still today, God's promises that he told Abraham belong to me, belong to you, belong to us. Now, if you've never done a study on the Abrahamic covenant and the promises that God told Abraham, I want to encourage you to do so. Very soon I'm going to be doing it for the church, but you can take some time and do it as well. Guys, you have a lot in that covenant, and it's still working today. The law didn't get rid of it because it was actually 430 years before the law. Now, as a child of God, you have your life in him. You represent him. Just like how my son or me, I represent the car family. I am a child of my, he represents the cars. You represent God. You represent 
what he is and who he is, everything about God you represent in your life. That's why it's important for you to live like Christ, to be an example like Christ, to live in the light and not in the dark. Because you are children of light. You are no longer children of darkness. This is why I don't live according to the sinful nature that was changed in me. Now, if you were to, thank God, you have an advocate. You have a mediator. His name is Jesus. And he is pleading on behalf for you today. Amen? Now, you mirror him. And also, you are provided for in him. You're provided for What you have need of, guess what? There is a table of provision for you through Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd. And how many of you know that a shepherd knows, a good shepherd knows how to take care of the sheep? Anybody in here a sheep today? Come on, you are. Not in a negative sense. You're sheep. If you're following after Christ, you're his sheep and he is your shepherd. And he's a good shepherd. And he will take care of you. He will comfort you. He will protect you. He has that rod, his staff, and it's used to lead you, to guide you, to direct you, sometimes correct you. Come on. This is a picture of even a pastor, of a shepherd in your life. God places men and women that will lead you and guide you and train you and help develop you and mentor you and equip you, just like Ephesians 4 says, for the work of the ministry. That's the purpose of a pastor. God places these people to provide for you. See, that word child of God, the meaning means a son by birth or adoption. Anyone sharing the same nature as their father. We know this. Our natures change. Well, whose nature's in you? Your father's. You got your father's nature. It's in you. I hope you're understanding the severity of this. You represent Christ within your life. So when I know this and I understand this and I receive this, guess what happens? My life and the manner of life that I live changes. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm renewing my mind according to the nature that's been changed in me. I'm renewing my mind according to his word. The very actions, the very characteristics, the very personality of Christ is what I'm mirroring my life afterwards. I'm not living according to this world anymore. I'm not being conformed to it. So what has to happen is I have to separate myself from sometimes people, from areas that I used to go to and used to do. You have to change your habits because the Bible says when you are not conformed to this world or when you're not being conformed to this world but being transformed. Now, what is transformation? What does that mean? Meaning I'm being transformed every day, every day. I'm putting on Christ. Sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes it's hard. But I'm still doing it. I'm being transformed into his glory, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. I'm growing. I'm maturing. I'm building myself, building my family, building my children in Christ. Now, 
For the believer, becoming a son of God begins with first being reborn by the heavenly father. This work of the regeneration of your spirit through Christ. You're resembling his character more and more in faith. See, in Galatians chapter 4, the next chapter, verse 3 says this. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, meaning Daddy, Dad. So with this understanding as children of God, God has put his spirit in you. And if you look in Romans chapter 8, why did he do this? Well, to bear witness of who he is. It says this in Romans chapter 8. I believe it's verse 1. Let me turn there. No, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Now, we can fall back into fear. You can, for sure. But... You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. His spirit in you proves that God has provided you or provided a way for you to be his child. He has adopted you. You're his son. You're his daughter. I mean, if that's not love, I don't know what is. Think about everything that you would do for your child if you have one. I would do anything. God's no different. God's no different. He loves you. He loves you. This isn't just cliche words and something that should become common. No, it's the truth. God loves you. An unconditional love. The word is agape. I mean, it's unconditional. There's no conditions to the love of God. He loves you. The only way you can turn from God's love is when you blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Has anyone done that recently? Pretty sure no. That's pretty far. Personally, I don't know anyone that's just said, I'm done. I've had people that have backslid, and because of something that they've gone through, they decided, you know, I'm just going to step away for a while. But I've never seen anyone say, that's tasted God, that's been in relationship with God, say, I'm completely done. Maybe you have. Maybe you know somebody. Personally, I don't. I know people that go back to the habitual way of sin and get caught up in those things and they go through those for a couple of years and thank God it doesn't kill them and they finally get their heart right. I've seen that. And I know there's people even still today that I know that I'm dear closely to that aren't pursuing God. But I believe in the name of Jesus they're going to change their life. God has provided a way. He has made a way. Now, real quick, you guys Okay. We are children of God, meaning that that must mean that we have a father. God is that father. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6 says this, But for us there is one God, 
the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. Who are you living for today? Living for yourself? Living for the world? Living for somebody that has influence in your life? That tries to tell you one thing and you say, I'll go with it. Or do you live for Christ? See, there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, and through him all things were created, and through him we live. Life without Christ is not living. Today, you may not have Christ. You may not be a Christian, or you may be backsliding and living a life for yourself. Can I tell you today, life without him, it isn't living. That's not living. Why do people worship? Why do people praise? Why do people go to church? Why do people witness? And why do people do these things? Because they have experienced living. How many today have experienced life? There's no greater thing to know Jesus Christ. There's no greater person than to be in fellowship and relationship than with him. No drug can fulfill it. No drink can fulfill it. No person can fulfill it. Only Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That word father, it means someone who imparts life. He's imparting life to you. Someone that is committed to it. So not only is he giving you life or imparting life to you, he's committed to it. He's committed to you. You've had relationships where people weren't committed to you. They're fickle. They're in and out. Not God. He's committed to you. Now we, we're fickle. We're in and out. We're... We compromise, we, we, we do things that are just like, but his love and him as a father, he never will. It's not in his nature, it's not even who he is. That word father also means he imparts not just life from physical birth, but also he gives eternal life through the second birth. Guess what? If you're a Christian today, you have eternity with the father. You're already this, this is going to be good for you. Guess what? You were born into this world dead. Now you're alive. So when you physically die, guess what? You just go to heaven. This is why we say here at this church that you are a spirit who has a body or who lives in a body that has a soul. We don't identify with our body and our soul first. No, we identify first with our spirit because we know that we were dead, but now we're alive in Christ. So we have no reason to be scared of death. We go with Christ. Today, if you're a Christian, you don't have to worry about dying. You're going to heaven. Hallelujah. The Father, what happens when we understand who he is, there's an ongoing sanctification. The believer becomes more and more like him. They begin to resemble their heavenly father. Each time they receive him by faith and they obey him and trust him, this will result in glorifying God in your life. You're becoming like him. You may say, man, I'm a Christian, but I don't live like it. That's fine. Let me encourage you. Build relationship with him. Have fellowship with him. Stop running. Stop justifying yourself. Stop compromising. What if you don't have tomorrow? 
I mean, we, we, we sometimes we just we don't think in those terms. We think long terms. And that's okay. It's good to think long terms, but you're not promised tomorrow. Are you doing everything you can to today? I mean, to what we as a church and as a body need to do for the world out there. I was talking to someone this week about the seriousness of being a witness. We have to be a witness of God. See, when we understand that we're children of God and that we have a father, we resemble him. We resemble that love. We resemble the very heart and the nature of who God is. And guess what? People out there see it. We think that ministering to people and being a witness and trying to get someone saved is just coming to them and telling them all the wrong things that they're doing. No. That should be the last form of ministry. No, it's pointing them to Christ, saying he loves you. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. He created you. He made you for better. See, this is why we testify of who he is. This is why we have a testimony of the goodness of our God. As a child, you have rights. You have rights. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The Amplified Version says this, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, meaning the authority and the privilege to become children of God. That is to those who believe. That word believe means to trust in, to adhere to, to rely on. You have rights as a child in Christ, a child of God. Don't just think that I'm just, I'm just saved. That's all I got. I just got salvation. No, you got a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. And I'm going to end with this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, as a child of God, not only has your nature been changed, not only do we imitate him, not only, do, not only are we free in him, but also we have been given the mind of Christ. We've been given the mind of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They can't. For they are foolish to him. So if, if you want to understand something today, people of the world that don't have Christ in them, they're not going to understand why you live and do what you do. It's, it's, it's going to be foolish to them. I've had so many conversations with people saying, why do you go to church every week? Like, that's crazy. Why do you give, their mon- why do you give your money to the church? That's crazy. Like, you're stupid. You're foolish. The Bible even talks about it. It says that he is not even able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. See, the spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? <laughs> For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Meaning, they can't instruct him. 
They can't even understand him. How are they to tell him who he is and what he can do? They can't understand it. How is someone able to tell you how to live your life in Christ when they don't even know him? With a spiritual issue. It won't work. They don't know. It's foolish to them. They don't understand it. They can't instruct you in those areas. What will happen is the enemy will use them to lead you astray. What does it say? But we have the mind of Christ. Since we are in Christ, we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is this. The God-given capacity for each person to reason, to think with the mind, this mental capacity to exercise what God's word says, who he is. It is the organ of receiving God's thoughts through faith. It's understanding him that produces wisdom and knowledge. See, this is the the mind or the divine or even in human thought, feeling, intent, and will. The will of God. Meaning, you have the will of God, the understanding of Christ, the mind of Christ. It's in you. See, a lot of times we ask God, God, what is your will? God, what is your purpose? The reality is it's already in you. Confessing his word. Confessing his word over your life. You are a child of God. You're a child of God. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.